before I, uh, I turn to Proverbs 23, we're going to start in Proverbs 23, verse 6 through 7 in the Passion Translation, okay? TPT, if you have a, a, a tablet, right, it is the Passion Translation. How many, how many of you read, have ever read the Passion Translation? It is so powerful. I highly encourage that, that, uh, that version. But before we go, this is going to be part three, part three, everybody sorry, part three, of it's time to shift. Now, I, if you're on your phone texting, if you're on your phone on Facebook or, or anything, please stop that and let's join in because I could feel the whole, the whole texting demon uh, coming, <laughs> coming on you, whispering to you like, text that person now. And the Lord's saying, don't do it while PG's preaching. All right, there you go. Yeah, right, all right. And if you do, if you do, give him a holy, this part right here is holy to the Lord, right? Just, just go like this. <laughs> Pastor told me to do it. No. So part, so this is really, I sh in this series, this is, should have been really part one, all right? Because if anything is going to shift today in our life, it has to be what I talk about today, anything, number one. But this is what I call a hallmark ver uh, sermon. What I, what I mean by a hallmark sermon is that there are certain sermons as we grow up in the Lord that we almost have to hear five to ten times in our life. We, like, for instance, we have to hear. It's just healthy. Everybody say healthy. It's healthy to hear sermons. How many grew up, there's, like, certain messages that, that are, like, staples in your, in your life, right? They're like, okay, if I didn't hear that message years ago about faith, I need to know about faith. Or holiness, right? That's a staple. Like, you, you need to hear that more than just once, right? Or, or the power of the tongue. How many remember when you were sitting in a church service and, and you got convicted about what comes out your mouth? Well, today is one of those sermons that is going to be simple, but I, it's a hallmark of our, it's like a pillar that we cannot be without in our walk with God. So if you came, I want you to get your notes, I want you to get your Bibles, but to review about last week is this. Last week we did part two and we talked about being stuck in the same place for a long time. How many were here last week? Okay, and we talked about the man in the pool of Bethesda that was, had a sickness for 38 years. I, I can't imagine that. My condition is going on three years. I can't, I can't believe, I can't fathom a painful sickness for 38 years waiting for something to happen. So we talked about movement. Everybody say movement. From the pool of Bethesda because it was time to shift and that's what I talked about is how long have you been stuck in the same place? It's healthy to examine the places spiritually, mentally, and emotionally that we've been stuck in. Right? Hello? Because frustration has a way to lead us into a new door. It pushes us, right? And then the week before in part one, we talked about uh, crossing over the Jordan. And what are the things we have to do to cross over? Now, part three you're going to find out what it is in just a second. Let's turn to Matt, sorry, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 6 through 7. Are you getting something? Well, I haven't even started, but just anyways. You will get something. Proverbs 23, verse 6. If you're there, say amen. Father, I ask that you would anoint this word, that you would anoint everything that comes out of my mouth, that you would anoint the hearers that hear, and we receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now look at verse, 20, uh, verse 6 and 7 through in the TPT. This is powerful. Watch this. This, this scripture is like, if you read the whole scripture, it's kind of like, we don't, I'm going to harp on obviously one part of it, but it actually gives a real idea of, of what's really going on here. Okay, Be sensible when you dine with a stingy man. That's not what I'm talking about this morning, but 
Listen, and don't, <laughs> when I read this, I was like, oh, and don't eat more than you should. Help us, Lord. Watch this. Now watch this. For as he thinks within himself, the stingy man, so is he. Say, say as he thinks within himself, that's how he is. Say one more time. As he thinks within himself, that's how he is. He will grudgingly say, go ahead and eat all you want. But watch this. This is a revelation, right? But in his heart or his mind, he resents the fact that he has to pay for your meal. <laughs> in other words, what, what does this mean? What does this mean? This scripture suggests something very powerful. It's only a matter of time that our actions will reveal what's been hidden in our thought life. It's only a matter of time that our actions will reveal what's been perpetually lodged in our memory. You've heard it say before, and many times, you are what you eat. Everybody say, you are what you eat. And that has a truth to it. Could you agree with that? It has a truth to it because if you eat junk, you're going to feel like junk. If you eat donuts, it's probably good for your taste, but your, your lethargicness is going to increase. Why? Because you're putting bad stuff in you. So you are what you eat. But more importantly and more powerfully, you become what you think. I want you to put that up there. That was a good cue for the, the, the team to put it up there when I said that. You, you, become, you become, say this with me. Say, I become what I think. Say it real loud. Say, I become. No, no, let me, let, me, let me rephrase it. Say, I will eventually become what dominates my mind. So watch. It's only a matter of time for the things and the memories and the thoughts that are lodged throughout your life to manifest into act, action. So if you're compromising now, it's because there's been things lodged in your mind for a long time that is now manifest. Don't think that what's manifesting now is sometimes now. It's what you've sown into your life for the last couple of months. I, 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 I put, put a scripture up in a post uh, last week, and it was about don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you shall reap. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap of the flesh corruption. And then the Lord told me to say this. It was a powerful message that I heard the Lord say. He said, what you're, what you're harvesting now may be what you've been planting in your mind and sowing in your life for the last several months. Maybe what you're sowing in, what you're really, what you're experiencing now is that. And so one of the biggest misunderstandings of, watch this, why we do what we do is because our thoughts are not healed. Our minds are not healed. And I'm going to share with you uh, soon in this message powerful, alarming statistics of mental illness just in the United States. Do you know that our minds are our biggest um, enemy, but it's also our biggest ally? Do you know that the Bible says how one thinks in his heart, so he is. What separates a poor man and a rich man is not necessarily their money, it's how they think. It's how they think. Say how they think. You know what? In my office, where's Pastor Lewis? Somebody has my keys because I forgot. Come here, Enrique. So in my office, there's a little bag that I forgot to bring out. Bring that out for me. It's right here. Sorry for this commercial interruption. All right. So I, I used to say this when I was a youth pastor. 
uh, years ago, that sometimes experience produces expression. Some of you that have been with me for a long time uh, heard me say that. Say this with me. Say experience produces expression. One more time. Say experience produces expression. So what that means is some of the things that we have experienced in our life that has lodged into the memory bank of our mind. I'm going to talk about the mind today. All right. The things that have been lodged in our mind is producing how you act today. Experience produces expression. If you are what you eat and you become what you think, then my golden question is, what are you allowing, A, to, to come into your mind? And number two, what are other people speaking to you? What are the lies that you've been believing that has lodged in your mind, that has shaped how you are now. I'm going to say something very bold. Many people, the reason why you are walking in defeat is not because of the lack of power of the Holy Spirit. It's because you've believed a mentality for so long that you're not worthy, that you're not worthy to God, to, for God to do anything in you or anything through you because of what you've gone through or what you've yielded to, that your mind overtakes what you do. Here's, here's the thing. Listen, listen, listen. Your heart, your heart feels what we want to say and do, but your mind tells you what you want to say and do. So your heart is the emotional part. Your mind is the action part. Your mind is the one that tells you to punch that thing. Your mind is the one that tells you you're not worthy. Your mind is the one that tells you that, 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 that goes in your mind 100 miles an hour and you're suffering from anxiety. It's in your mind. I did a recent study years ago that pornography is not just a spiritual thing. That actually changed the curvature of the brain. I didn't have time to show it to you, but maybe next week I will. But there, there, there's study scientists, scientists that aren't even not even saying. They study people whose minds are addicted to pornography and it changed the curvature of their brain to the point where it's the exact same as someone that they, they analyzed of a drug addict. What's lodged in your mind dictates who you are. If you believe you're nobody, you're going to act like you're nobody. There's a difference between cockiness and confidence. So I understand there's arrogant people, but there's some people that walk in a room and they, have, they know who they are, they have their identity, and, you, and there's like an like aura about them. Not because they're a God, because they're confident in who they are, and there's something refreshing when someone knows, I am a man of God. I am a, I'm a woman of God, and I'm going to lay hands on you, and, and God's gonna, power is going to heal you. And, you. and you have no doubt, Right? Why? Because identity is rooted in your thinking. Identity is rooted in your thinking. And so if we don't purify our hearts and minds, watch this, from the negative and hurtful experiences in our lives, watch this, we will always feel from those filters, say filters, and we will always act from those filters. Let me say that again. If we don't identify what's been lodged in our thinking, our thinking pattern, we will feel from those filters and we will act from those filters. Now, now this right here, we had a couple months ago, and it's a real live picture of a filter. And sometimes we go through life, and I'm guilty, Lord, 
that I may not change my filter as much as I should in the AC. Now, if you look at this, it is completely covered with gunk and with dust. Now, as good as this filter is, it has lost, watch this, its power to produce clean air. Because everything that passes through this passes through this filter. And years ago, uh, some of you heard this story, but I, 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 you know, I didn't, I'm not the most handiest person in the world. And when I was, uh, uh, first got my, my um, house, I didn't know that there was a filter that you had to uh, unscrew, unscrew and then and, and pull it out. And so I complained, sir, there is no filter. Sir, every house has an AC filter. No, my house, my, my AC is at 60 and it's 90. Uh, it's nine, it feels like it's burning. Sir, uh, no, it is. No, you guys have to come here. Sir, it's going to cost $80. You need to come here. There's no filter. So he comes in and he unscrews the thing. I'm like, oh, it's there. <laughs> And it was like a year, year, that I had not, like almost a year. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm exaggerating. It was about nine months. <laughs> and it wasn't this. But it was an old filter, and it was completely black. So I want you to filter it. I want you to see this. He took out a hose. It was so embarrassing. And he went to my front yard, and I'm like. <laughs> and he starts washing it. Uh-oh. Washing it with the water of the word. He started washing it. And then he put that same filter, and it was brand new. And he put it back in my AC unit, and all of a sudden the AC kicked in, and I started feeling cool again. And he said, that will be $80. <laughs> and I paid $80, and I felt this small, and he left. And you know what the Holy Spirit told me? He said, that's the way my church looks at life because they have not been unfiltered in what happens in their mind. So everything that they're perceiving, they think it's true but they're looking at it through the filters of their pain and their hurt and their negative experiences. There's no way that you could look at people rightly if you're looking at them through this. There's no way that you could look at church leadership properly. Hey, 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 church leadership properly. You, there's no way if your pastor corrects you, if you have this, you're going to get upset at your pastor every time. But if you clean this, instead of going, oh, that's another pastor that hurt me. Oh, that's another church that's trying to control me. You're going to be like, thank you. You know what the Bible says? Do not rebuke a, 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 a scoffer, but rebuke a wise man. He'll love you. You know what we need to do in our minds? We need to identify the filter. The experiences that are still lodged in there that are making you think what you think. Say this with me. My thought life needs to change in order for me to change. If you really want to change a person, change their thought life. Change the way they think. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Because our minds are the byproduct of several seeds in our life that has produced this. You know what those seeds are? I'm going to just name a few. Our minds are the byproduct. Right now, while we're, while we're sitting, there's memories lodged in your brain. This is an old-fashioned message, but I'm going to here to tell you, identify the negative experiences in your life. Identify the things that have caused mental hurt. Uh, the thing that, that's so powerful about our brain and our mind is that it has the capability of rem remembering things years and years ago. 
And some of you have to be forced to remember things because you've blocked it out so much that you need to get it to the surface. Listen, if you just block it out, this will not go away by its own. You know what, you know what had to happen? Someone had to take it out, identify it, and wash it. You have to identify some things that are in your mind, and you need to begin to wash it if you're going to be victorious. You cannot continue to look at leadership, at church, at God, at people, through the filters that have been lodged in your memory. Maybe a church hurts you, and maybe you're looking at a church with caution. Maybe a person, a relationship hurts you, so now you are avoiding healthy relationships. Maybe you feel condemned in your mind, and therefore you don't want to be around people when some of the very things that you're afraid of is some of the tools that God is going to set you free in. The seeds of, watch this, of what we've seen. Everybody say seen. So there's seeds in our minds of what we've seen. There's seeds in our hearts, in our mind, in our heart of what we've heard. Has there, any been a, has there any been a time, don't raise your hand, but has there any been a time that you've heard some things hurtful and you did not respond, but it lodged in your, in your mind? I remember when I was young, my parents still don't know this, and they're, they're watching. I love you, Mom and Dad. They watch on YouTube, so. So when I was, not when I first got saved, they don't know this. The words would pierce me because they didn't know. I was so radical for Jesus. Tears would drop on my Bible, and I would spend hours, literally hours with God. And I would hear my family, oh, he's brainwashed. Oh, I think he's in a cult. Oh, I think, really, and you know what? Never said anything. Pew. Got lodged. Got lodged. When things get lodged in your, in your mind, you become what you think. I said you become what you think. You may never express it to anybody, but you may have the lowest self-esteem. Watch this, watch this, watch this. You may have the lowest self-esteem, and everyone thinks you're the most popular person in this room. You, you could have the greatest insecurity and no one will ever know it because you're hugging and smiling and you're charismatic. But if you're suffering from this, it needs to be identified and healed. Or else, or else, every relationship that you will in will always be stepping on a glass. Like you're, you're waiting for something bad to happen. It's time to renew our minds. From these hurtful experiences, watch this, it will affect your marriage, it will affect your friendship, it will affect your relationship, it will affect your, 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 the way that you view positions in church. Do you know that I know personal friends and personal brothers in the Lord and sisters that they're always like 20 feet away from leadership because they got so hurt by leadership that they looked through them at this. Even though it hurt, sir, even though it hurt, I acknowledge your hurt, but also acknowledge that you need to wash it as well. I'm not, I, I'm not condoning the hurt, but I'm also not condoning you staying that way and justifying that you're looking th at people through this. Help me preach, Holy Spirit. You know, because anger feels good. It feels like I deserve this. I could do this. They hurt me. Now it says, but watch this. It's in your mind. The seeds of, of experience, trauma, abuse, death of a loved one, divorce. That's all lodged in your memory. Watch this. The seeds from other people. The seeds from the devil. Condemnation, accusation, false identity, the occult. Some of you have seeds in your brain from the enemy himself. But here's the good news. Turn to somebody and say, there's a good news. 
we are also the byproduct of good seeds in our life. We are also byproducts of the time of salvation from the Lord. How many of you remember the day you got saved? The place and the day. Come on. I know the place we're at. Or how, how about, how many of you can identify a certain an encounter with the Lord that was life-changing, right? So there are seeds lodged in there. Now watch it. Here's the good news. Some of you, the reason why you haven't been backsliding and your thought is life is processing it is because your thought life also is battling the good seeds of the experiences in your salvation. You're like, I can't do that. I remember those days when God is real. Right? And so our minds are our biggest problem, but our minds are our biggest asset. Nothing changes in our lives for the long haul. Everybody say for the long haul. Unless it changes in our minds. Put that up there. Nothing in our life changes for the long haul. I'm talking about longevity. Unless it changes in your mind. Now, here's a revelation that God gave me. In order to change our mindset from unhealthy to healthy. Let me pause. Let me pause. Look at me. Look at me for a second. Some of us don't even recognize that our thoughts and our actions are linked together. And some of us don't even recognize that our thought life is unhealthy. Think about what you think about. Think about what you think about in private a lot. About God and about yourself. Watch this. That will produce your actions. It's just a matter of time that your thought life that, that you say privately will come out and manifest publicly. That's why in the beginning it says, don't eat with a stingy man. Because in, in his thought life, he's like, I hate doing this. And then he'll give you the food. Then he'll resent paying for your meal. And the Bible says, as he is in his heart, so he is. Now, this is not in my notes, but I feel like saying this. You know how you shape your mind? By words that's been spoken over you. Some of you, the reason why you think like you think is because you had someone when you were little saying, you're going to be nobody. Or, or, or watch this, you had a great idea. And you came to your family. And you came to your uh, your mom and dad, and I respect mom and dad, but you came to your mom and dad and say, and you say, I, the Lord revealed to me, I have a mindset. We're going to get out of this poverty. Sit down, son. No one in our family has ever been rich. Right? Sit, sit down. That's not how we talk here. Don't have those big dreams. What are you talking about? And sometimes mama and dada are wrong in promoting a poverty lifestyle that we will never get out of these things because that's just the way we grew up. It's time to change and shift our mind. Miles Monroe looked up to the Lord when he was 14 years old. One of my heroes in the faith. He's not alive anymore. And I saw a YouTube video and he said, Lord, why am I poor? And he was growing up in the Bahamas. He said, why am I poor? Why is my family so poor all the time? We could barely eat. And he looked up to the Lord and he's crying. This is a true story. You can see it on YouTube. He said he heard the voice of the Lord when he was 14 years old. He goes, son, you're that way because of the way you think. I want to, if you surrender to me, I want to change the way you think. He didn't have this golden experience where Saul, Saul of Tarsus came, you know, you know and, and Jesus came and knocked him out. He just had a mind shift. And he says, I'm going to stop thinking like I'm poor, and I'm going to start preparing. And all of a sudden, he started reading the Bible. He started eating that book. He started, watch this, this is key, identifying and uprooting. Say, identify and uprooting, watch this, the seeds that have grown into plants and trees in your mind. Oh, that's good. That was for free. We've got to identify and uproot. Say identify. Say uproot. The seeds that have grown 
into plants and trees in our minds. Now look at this revelation in Matthew chapter 15. He's t- Jesus is talking about the, the inward uh, uh, motivation for our actions, and I got a revelation about this. This is so powerful. Look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 10 through 11 in the, in the Passion Translation. If you're there, say amen. Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, watch this, come, listen, and open your hearts to understand. Verse 11, what truly contaminates a person is not what he puts into his mouth, but what comes out of his mouth. Look at this. That's what makes people defiled. Now jump to verse 13. Jump to verse 13. I I want you to say this. Oh, this is, to me, I got this revelation. Watch this. Jesus replied, every plant that my heavenly father did not plant is destined to be uprooted. Every plant that my father did not plant is destined to be uprooted. Now he was talking about some other things there, but the revelation is this. If the heavenly father is so zealous to uproot things that are not of him, how much more should we be desirous and zealous to identify and uproot all the lies that have been lodged in our head about who we are, about who God is, about our experiences? Why are we not zealous to say, this, this seed that has now grown into a tree in my mind does not belong there? See, when it's in seed form, you will never see it. It's, it starts like this, and you know, uh, Spanish people, I love y'all, I'm Spanish, so I can say this, and we, we say this sometimes, mira, mira la boba, la bobita, mira, a little fat, fatty, you know, or, or a little dummy, whatever you want to call it, right? And we say words to them, and we think it's a joke, but these words have power to shape how you think, or, or, or like, come on, you're never going to do it, you're never going to do anything. For, look at you, look at your grades, you're never going to do anything, I wish like you were like your sister, I wish like you were like your brother. And words shape the minds. Now watch this. At first, they won't even notice it because it's seeds. It's seeds. I'm going to say something very prophetic. I want you to hear me now. Some of you right now have plants and trees in your mind that have grown throughout the years, and it produces a stronghold. Everybody say stronghold. Do you know what a stronghold is? Anybody, any theologian out here? Just want to just talk back to me. You know what a stronghold is? We think, here's what we think stronghold is, right? The Bible says we pull down, we have the weapons of our warfare are not, are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of? Do you know what the word strongholds mean? It's not just demonic spirits. That's what we think. I come against this demonic stronghold. Look up the word stronghold. They're thoughts that are, watch this, have grown into fortresses. That's what it says. So watch this. Come here. Come here, guys. Come here. Come here. Come here. Face, the, face the crowd. Come here, Ricky. Face the crowd and come here, right? This is, this is, this is my healthy me. Right? Come, come here and block me. Block me. So in time, come here, Lou. Come here, Lou. So this is my mind. This is a healthy mind, right? Experiences come, right? And right, this, what, what happens is this is the fortress that has been set up, right, by the enemy, by allowing these strongholds of addiction, of lust, of thoughts that you have, that, of, of, if, I could be, if I could just be careful, of childhood abuse. <laughs> sexual abuse. And these things start shaping the way you do, and they're building a fortress so that godly things can't come in. But what the Bible says is when you cast out strongholds, you actually remove, get out of the way. 
You actually remove the fortress so that the real you can be healed. Come on, say amen. Say amen. So when you pull down strongholds, you know what you're doing? Exposing the enemy. The enemy's like, oh no. I've been hiding behind this fortress that I created. Now he's pulling it down. And when you pull it down, you go, aha, you're a liar. You've been, a, you've been in my mind for a long time. You've told me I'm a nobody. But God sent me some truth. The first thing that the devil will always go after you is your identity and your sonship and your daughtership in the Lord. When, G, when the devil came to Jesus, he didn't, say if you're, he didn't say, I want you to prove it to me because I think you're God. He goes, if you're the son of God. Before he told them to turn the stones into bread, he attacked his identity. God, the enemy will always allow hurtful things in your life to build these strongholds. But guess what? Here's, here's the powerful thing. It's not up to God to tear those strongholds down. It's up to you. You have to tear those strongholds down and then the enemy ex exposed when you remove the bushes and the plants, come on, and the trees that have grown for years in here of you're not going to make it, of you're stupid, or you're never going to be in anybody, but I have a dream to go over the world. Now, that's just exaggerated dreams. Don't worry about it. You, you, you're just going to be small here and you're looking at me. No, what if God wants to take you around the world? you got to think that way. Walt Disney thought that way. He, thought, he, he would look at things and he would dream. And he would not allow anybody to say, How, when's the last time you took your dream to somebody? And they were like, oh, <laughs> that's fine. I mean, that's, that's good. That's, that's pretty exaggerative. Well, it's okay to dream. But it starts here. But if you are hurting in your mind, in your self-worth, low self-esteem, insecurity, all these things are strongholds in the mind. How one thinks in his heart, so he is. Some of you, I'm going to prophesy right now. The reason why you haven't shifted from the season that you're in is because you're battling an unhealthy mindset. You are. Go ahead and start that business. I'm not worthy. I don't, have any, I don't have any experience. Your mind will tell you that if you don't have an experience, you can't go do what God has called you to do. Here's a story that I love to tell. Some of you know this because you started with me. But I remember when I first started the church, I was texting people because I text people a lot. And I got better. I've gotten better. But I was in my excitement. I was texting Jay Lynn, right? And some of you guys know this story. Some of you guys don't. And she was our marketing director at the time. She's only 17 years old. And I'm texting her, and, I'm, and she's like, okay, I'm going to YouTube how to do a, 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 a. She had to YouTube how to how to do a website. And then she had to YouTube how to do all this stuff. She self-learned, right? And so she, at, at, right two months before we started the church, she's like, PG, I got to be honest with you. I'm nervous and I'm scared. I go, why? She goes, because I've never done a website before and I've never been the marketing director of anything before. And then you would think that the pastor would say, don't worry, God's going to do it. I humbled myself and I texted her back and I said, guess what? She goes, what? I go, I've never started a church before. And she responded, let's do this. <laughs> and when she said, let's do this, I was like, here's a 17-year-old saying, my pastor hasn't even started a church. I'm on the same level as he is. Why? Because the men, my mentality shifted. Five years ago, they said, I can do this. If God called me, watch this, I can do this. And I will do this. Can I, can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Say my mind. My thoughts, watch this, watch this. 
Some of the reason why our actions may be dysfunctional is because our memory and our thoughts may be dysfunctional. Do you know that your dysfunction is a byproduct of your thinking? Your dysfunction is a byproduct of your thinking. If you're always thinking that you're a bad parent, if you're always thinking that life had a really bad uh, apple given to you, you're going to display that to your children and your children and your children, right? Uh, years ago, I, I, I was in a conference, and uh, some of you that have been with me for a while, you, uh, you heard this before, but it's so good for this message, right? And again, it was miles away. I actually flew to Bahamas with Pastor Carlos, and man, I was eating everything. This is in 2005, and he said these words. Now, again, this is just a phrase, but it's, there's truth behind it. I want you to hear this. He said, an army, put that up, an army of sheep led by lions will always defeat an army of lions led by a sheep. An army of sheep led by the mentality of a lion will always defeat an army of lions that are led by the mentality of a sheep. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. What's that phrase mean? It may not be real in the natural, but the phrase means this, that if you have someone that is a mindset that we're going to victorious, we're going to take, could you imagine if the lion could talk to the sheep? Guys, listen, I, I know they're not used to it, but you know, you have little teeth, use whatever you got, and we're going to take those things. But they're lions. I'm with you. We're going to do it. You're going to be victorious, right? The, the lions that are led by sheep, sheep, no, lions don't do anything. But what are these teeth for, though? <laughs> what, what are these big muscles? Don't worry. God doesn't want you to do that. He just wants you to be passive. I guarantee you, the mentality of the leader leading the sheep will fuel those who are passive around them. You need to make sure that you surround yourself oh, with, with lions. That says, we can have revival in Apopka. Oh, look, we're sitting there, right? And, 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 and I, I struggle, and I have to say, no, no. About prophecies have been given to, not just recently, but the past. I honestly struggle with a thousand families. It's like, Lord, Lord, help me not. And I have to convince myself. And the Lord is saying, think according to the future. Right? And so victory and defeat has to do by what we think. You know, how many remember Mike Murdoch? You guys, I'm old school. So how many remember Mike Murdoch? Okay, no one. Thank God. No, no, I'm just joking. Um, he used to come in, you know, the old-fashioned, before we were all these apps and trendy. Like in the late 90s, he would come in in a television, and he was like 60 years old, jet black hair. You could tell he dyed his hair, right? And I remember what he said. He, you know, back in those days, everything, a, lot, a lot of it was more pure. And he would just sit down in his chair, and he would give wisdom nuggets, right? That's what I call it. And I never I remember what he said one time. He goes... Some of you that, have, that think you have a financial problem, you don't really have a financial problem. You have a thinking problem. He says, some of you that have a, a, a poverty problem, you may not have a poverty problem. You have a wisdom problem, right? And I thought about it. The book, the book of Deuteronomy says this. Behold, I am the Lord your God who gives you power or ability to get wealth. Power or ability. Guess what? The very creator created your brain and your mind. God has given you creative ideas to think out of the, 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 the pattern that you've been in. And sometimes you have to break these mentalities. Can I hear an amen? 
So we can't even fully, now, now, now watch this. I'm going I'm to close in a, in a little bit. Do you know that the Bible says that we can't even know God's will without healing our mind the way we think? Now, let me just pause and say this. I feel in my spirit there's some people here that you have, you have had um, trauma, trauma, traumatic uh, incidents in your life that has lodged itself in your mind. And if you don't allow the Holy Spirit, if, sorry, if you don't surrender and allow the Holy Spirit to identify that, and you replace the lies with truth. Remember, always rep- identify um, lies and then replace the lies with truth. That's the key. Because do you know that some of us, we think that lies are truth? Because we've been living with it for so long that we think that how we think, that's how we are. But then someone comes along and gives us truth and says, wait a minute. I'm allowed to be, I'm allowed to be confident like this? It's not arrogant? It's not cocky? No. Just guard your heart, and it's okay to think that you are worthy of God's blessing. False humility is also a bad mindset. False humility is like, God wants to give you $1,000. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, I, 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 it's, it's all him. I don't, I don't need it. Yes, you do need it. Learn to receive and be healed in your mind. Learn, learn to change the way you think about yourself. Change the way you think about God, about your gifting, about your calling, about your financial scenario right now, about your marriage. Now, what's the famous scripture, if I were to ask you, what's the famous scripture about renewing your mind? Everybody knows this, right? What's the famous scripture? Come on, yell at me. Romans 12, right? Have you ever read Romans 12 in the NLT? I did it one time here, but I don't know if you guys caught it. Romans 12 in the NLT reads very different. Do you know that the Bible specifically says that we cannot, everybody say cannot, know God's will, will for our lives if we don't identify the things that are being lodged in our thought life. Look at this. Watch verse 2. Don't copy Romans 12 verse 2, NLT. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you, by what? Changing the way you, now watch this, underline this, then you will learn to know God's will. Change the way you think, then you will learn. (laughs) Then you will learn God's will when you change the way you think for, for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect, right? Look at this slide up there. Look at this point. God's will becomes clearer and clearer in our lives when we allow the Lord to heal and transform how we think. Now watch this. This one scripture that I'm going to give you next, and then I'm going to give you some alarming statistics, okay? Some alarming statistics that I want to have you have the worship team come up in just a minute, okay? Do you know that the Bible actually tells you what to put in your brain? No, 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 let me backtrack, let me turn it back to So I'm not talking about general, like I'm not talking about like, well, I know the Bible says put the word in my heart. Yes, yes, it does. But that's general because there's a lot of words in the word. Hello, right? Do you know that God actually says, I'm not going to leave you like orphans. I'm going to tell you the answers to the test. You get the word in you, right? Hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. But there's actually a specific scripture that gives us like, Six or seven specific things on what to think about. Wait a minute. Did you just miss that? In other words, God is saying, hey, I want to tell you not just read the word. I want to tell you what to think about and what to meditate on. Look at Philippians chapter 4. Watch this. 
and the NLT. Oh, I love this. This to me got me. After this, the worship team, you could go up there. Watch this. Everybody say amen. Look at verse 8 and 9 in Philippians 4 in the NLT. And now, Paul says, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Please hear this. Please hear this. You're going to miss it. Watch this. One final thing. Listen. I got one more scripture after this, but this is going to be powerful. Fix your thoughts. And here, here, here's the answer. Number one, on what is true. Hello? And what is true. And the truth will set you free. In other words, when you fix what is actually true about you, I refuse to identify a person by their struggles. I refuse to identify a person by their action, by one action. Because they may be hurting at that time. And so what do we do as Christians? We throw stones. Look at that post. They must be this. Now I understand that some things that you post are foolish and should not be posted. Or some things that you say is foolish and you shouldn't say. But God doesn't identify you by that one or two things. He, under, he identifies you as a son and daughter, but you just watch this. You've been believing a lie so long that you want to display your hurt. Here's something for free that I feel. People that overly exaggerate themselves, like look at me, look at me, look at me, are really hurting the most. It's okay. You don't have to say amen. Because there's something wrong when you always have to look at yourself and selfie yourself and Look at, like, 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 I see people, they wake up, and they have, a, they have a picture of them waking up. I'm like, you, you actually, like, they're going like this. Just woke up. That means you took time to take the phone, put it on the camera, and pretend that you're just waking up, and go. What for? Because you believe the lie that you need other people's approval for your identity, that you need other people's approval for your joy. That's why it's impossible to offend someone that doesn't need someone else's approval. Do you know that you can't offend someone that doesn't, like if I need your applause, then I won't say truth. Watch this, think about things that are, put that scripture up there, say true. Everybody say think about it. So think about some of the lies right now that has been spoken over your life. So think about the lies about you think about yourself. Right now, right now, right now. Think about the lies that other people have spoken about you, about your destiny, about your worth. My wife, if she's here, she would tell you. For years she struggled with, with self-esteem because in her first grade, you think first grade, she said, and her first grade teacher said, you're dumb. You're dumb to my wife. Years she struggled with the way she thought she had to tell me, do you understand that I had to deal with that thing? Don't think it's not going to touch your relationships if you don't heal here. I had to, I had to, be, what's, hey, what, hey, whoa, what? Why are you talking like that? It's because of what was in our mind. Think about things that are what? True. Watch this. Oh, I feel the spirit of God. Think about things that are Honorable. Honor, think, watch, think, Paul's saying, think about them, think about them. I'm going to share this, watch this. The right and pure, think what is lovely. Think on what, on what is admirable. Think about these things. Watch this. Think about things that are excellent. Watch this. And worthy of praise. 
think about things that are excellent, they're honorable, they're true, they're worthy of praise. So if what you're about to do is not worthy of praise, don't think about it. Then, everybody say then. Do you realize that then means after you think these things? My God, are you, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. You lack peace because you're, watch this, then the God of peace will be with you. Do you realize that some of you feel distant from God because your thought life has created a distance from you and God? And as, I'm going to say this, and I know some of you are not going to like it, but I love you, and I say this in truth. Some of you are not well in your families because one or both of you, husband and wife, have not dealt with hurtful, negative memories in your life. Do you know what the word, the Greek word think here, when he says think on these things? It means, watch this, and I quote, inwardly rehearsing and calculating over and over again to ponder repeatedly in your mind. So, 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 so Paul the Apostle was, was speaking to, to Jewish people. He knew the Jewish people custom, right? And if you notice, they would rock back and forth. Right, Matt? The Jewish people, what, what would they do in the Wailing Wall? The Jewish people, they would rock back and forth. For years, Paul understood that he was talking to people that had years of customs of how to meditate. Let me say something. Meditation is not new age. They stole it from the Lord. Meditation is not new age. Meditation... It's from the Bible, and you know what meditation means? It's to think, ponder inwardly over and over and over again. So they would take a scripture, and they would think about that scripture over and over and over, pondering it. Why? Because they believed that the more they thought about something and rocked back and forth, it will naturally become part of their lifestyle. The more you think about freedom, the more you become freedom. The more you think about liberty, the more you'll get to liberty. The more you think that you are God's creation, you're going to walk like you're God's creation. You're, God, you're God's son and daughter. But most people are like yawning. They're bored to God. I want you to see these statistics. This is going to sting, but, I want, but it's going to sting because it's going to heal you. Do you know the result of many in the United States of mental illness? Now, because of privacy, I'm not going to have you raise your hand. But I know because I'm your pastor. Some of you I don't know. But I know many of you struggle with or have struggled with mental illness. Mental illness is not something that you are a bad person. Mental illness is a sign that there has been some trauma, something that has triggered overthinking, falsely. Watch this. Say this after me. Say this after me. Wrong thinking produces wrong behavior. Right thinking produces right behavior. Listen, I want to say something powerful. Sometimes we have to unlearn some of the things we've learned in order to be healed. In order to be fruitful and free in our lives, we've got to unlearn Many of the things that we have learned throughout our lifetime, just because you think your thoughts are normal doesn't mean they're healthy. It may be normal to you. I'm not doubting that. But just because it's normal or part of your life or part of your thinking doesn't mean it's healthy thinking. Now watch, I'm going to close with this. 
The number of U.S. mental illness. Put each slide up one by one, as I call them. 44 million people in the United States alone suffer with mental illness. What is, what is that mental illness? Disorder of unhealthy thoughts. Watch, watch. I'm going to continue. What is mental illness? Number of adults with anxiety disorders. This is just in the U.S. alone. This is recent statistics. 42.5 million people suffer with anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorder is a byproduct of a wounded mind. Now, we just can't cast everything out. There needs to be counseling, and there needs to be processes. So I want to say that very clear. For mental disorder or mental pain, mental anguish, there needs to be a process of, the, the Bible says, in the multitude of wise counselors, there's safety. God has put the spirit of counsel on the earth. Isaiah 11, 2, that God anointed Jesus with the spirit of counsel. So to draw it out, the Bible says, through, through counsel, you draw out the deep waters. So sometimes we've got to unlearn this. Watch this. Anxiety disorders. If I were to ask you, you who in this room privately suffers with constant thoughts of anxiety, you will be shocked how many people raise your hand. Why? Because it's shameful. But God sent me like a mailman today to tell you it's time to let God heal those anxieties. It starts, it starts with God first. Admit that there's been trauma in your life. Stop saying, well, I don't know where I get my attitude from. I'll tell you. I don't know why I'm just angry. Well, I don't know why I burst out on people. Because you haven't released what's in here. How one thinks in his heart, so he is. Watch the next one. Look, look at this one. Number of adults with depression in the United States, 17.3 million. Depression, guys. That means they don't want to live. Watch this. Now, look at this next slide. This is, this is hurtful right here. Number of youth aged 12 to 17 suffer with major depression, major, not just, I'm talking about major depression that is a bondage, 3.1 million 12 to 17 year olds. Guys, why do I say this? Because I don't want you to think that you're this one exclusive rare bird. No, there's millions of people that are battling in their minds. Millions of people that need healing in their thought life from memories of their past. Don't run away, don't run away. I hear this from the Lord, don't run away. Don't stop, 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 stop. While I'm speaking, I hear the Lord saying, it's too painful and they're going to run. They want to get out of service right now. Some, I, just feel, I just heard that from the Lord. You feel antsy because I'm targeting something that you've been, it's been a stronghold for years. And God is exposing it. And, and you're like, don't run, I beg you. Don't run from this. I hear the Lord saying, don't run. You, you feel antsy. You feel like, oh, this, I'm, 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 I feel uncomfortable. Change the topic. I'm not going to change the topic. We're going to deal with it. And it starts with identifying what's been raised up as a tree for years. Look at this next one. Number of U.S. adults with post-traumatic Stress disorder, 12 million. You're not alone. 12 million United States citizens, million. Not hundreds, not thousands. Suffer from PTSD. What is PTSD? Something traumatic happened. Now, 
post after the trauma. After the trauma. Watch this. They become dysfunctional. And they're crying all the time. And they don't know why. Then they get it together. Then they don't. Then they're angry. Then they go back. Let me tell you, that is a sign we need help. We just can't stay this way. And I want to tell you, don't run. I'm telling you that again. I've never said that in my five-year history that I've been here, but I, t I heard the Lord just right now say, don't run. What I mean by run, don't change the, don't change the narrative. Don't change, don't change. Some of you, when, when a hard topic hits you, you're like, so, I like your shirt. No, 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 don't talk about my shirt right now. I know you're trying to diffuse what I'm trying to say, but don't talk about my shirt. I'm talking about your mind. I'm talking about your heart. Yeah, but, you know, my family, my, 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 my no, 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 no. The goal of the enemy is to try to not get you to focus on this. Right? So, so I feel the whole, how many feel the Holy Spirit here? So watch. The bigger the front, the bigger the hole in their heart. I remember years ago, I said this before, but I, I just feel led to say this now. Years ago, I used to go to juvenile detention center, uh, not to get in myself, but to, to preach to the people. And I remember these, I, I, my heart broke, guys. I was standing there, and I'm this 25, 26-year-old with a fire of God, and I want to preach to the world, right? And they came out of the side, and they have orange suits. These 9-year-old, 10, 11-year-old, no, no lie, chains like this. <laughs> and I remember, and, I'm like, and my heart's breaking. They're sitting down, you know, someone were like, And I said to them, I'm preaching, and they're, they're all just like in their orange suits. And they're locked up, and I'm preaching, right? And I wasn't getting through to them. I was trying to preach, and nothing that I said, they were just like this, right? And all of a sudden, I pause in the middle of the sermon, and I go, you guys ain't hard. You guys are hurting. And I said this, true story. I said, raise your hand if you grew up without a father. Raise your hand if there's not a father figure in your life. 90% of those people, raise your hand. I said, could it be that the reason why you're here is because in your heart and in your mind, you have had so much hurt without a father figure in your life that you went the way of rebellion because you didn't have a father figure. They raised their hand. All of a sudden, I got their attention. I said, everyone that has not grown up in a father figure, the reason why you're incarcerated is because you're acting out your pain. And you didn't know how to release that pain? Keep, keep those statistics up in just a second. What? No, 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 it's okay. Put it, put, it, put it down for a second. Sorry, my bad. You didn't know how to release those pain? Watch this. And the Lord says, while I'm here, I never forget this. I'm, so these people come up, and by this time, they're just starting to break. And these kids with chains in their ankles and chains in their, when they would lift up their hands, they would lift it up like this. And I was about to pray for some. God is my witness. I was about to lay hands on them because the old PG would just lay hands. Pop, 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 pop. I was about to lay hands on them, and the Lord says, don't pray for anyone. I'm like, what? And I went again on this side, and I heard the Lord say, don't pray for anyone. Then I heard them say, hear him say this. He said, hug every one of them. He said, hug them. Guys, I kid you not. I stopped, and all I did was hug them. Guys, when I began to hug them, these people in chains, these kids in chains, went to the next one. I could feel their chest going. I could feel them 
crying, tears on my shoulders. The next one, I said, the love of a father embraces you. And each one of them, I didn't have to pray for them. I just hugged them. You know what I was doing? I'm trying to show them the, that their painful memories of living without a dad, for just a moment, they could feel the love of God, the love of a father. And I began to hug every one of them, and they started breaking and breaking and breaking. I feel the Holy Spirit, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do the next, let's just statistic, and then I'm gonna uh, pray because the number of US adults with suicidal thoughts, 9.8 million every day. 9.8 million wanna kill themselves because of, you know what, I wanna give you a clue, a classic sign of someone that doesn't want to deal with this is avoidance syndrome. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys tools. If you have a loved one or a friend or a spouse or a brother or sister and you know they're hurting in their mind, here's a sign. They diffuse the conversation. Classic, classic symptom. Because nobody wants to deal with a problem. But listen, if you go in my house and, you, and I have dirt all over the place and I hide it under the rug, you may think that my house is clean, but it's really dirty. And you can step on something and not even notice that I just hid it from you. And I'm smiling the whole time, but there's dirt the whole time. The whole time you're walking, you're walking on this, right? I feel the Holy Ghost. You know, there's hope because the Bible says when we come to Christ, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians, that last scripture, just put it up there. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, I don't know what it is. I want you to see this and we're going to pray. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit. But God considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. Now look at this promise. Who has known the mind of the Lord? to instruct him. I want to say this. Everybody say this with me. But we have the mind of Christ. Say, I have the mind of Christ. I can have the thoughts of Christ in me. I want you to stand up right now. I want you to stand up right now. I have more, but I feel the Holy Spirit moving right now. I want you guys to bring this up. I want you to lift up your hands right now. There's people all over this place that you've had hurtful memories lodged in your thought life. There's mental illness that is happening for years for many of you. There's many of you that in here you're angry. It's because you've not released the memories and the lies that you have believed. And the Lord is saying, replace the lies with truth. Listen, and don't run. Don't run. Don't run. Don't change the subject. The Lord says, deal with it now. I feel the Holy Ghost. The Lord says, don't run. Don't change the topic. It's too hurtful, Pastor George. But the Lord is allowing it because he's trying for you to release the strongholds that have been put up for years and you think that your thinking is right but there's some thinking that needs to be healed 
There's some people that have been with anxiety for years and depression. And God says that childhood memory, that incident that happened, that's lodged in your brain. Release it to the Lord now. The Lord says surrender. Surrender. You are what you think. So today, allow the Lord to touch your mind. That's the beginning process. Come on. All darkness flees when Jesus is in the room. All darkness must go when Jesus is in your room. All pain, all memories. Come on, replace the lies of abuse with truth. You are a child of God. You are a woman of God. You are beautiful. You're not dirty. You are pure. You are clean. You are beautiful. You are pure. Come on. Come on. Come on. We break those words. We break those words. Come on. Touching some of you. The Lord is breaking it right now. Don't run. Don't run. Don't run. He's here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Allow the Lord to begin to heal you. Jesus. Come on. You make the darkness tremble. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let him heal you. Let him heal you. Come on. He begins in your thought life. Lift your hands, your name, your name, come on. Your name is life and the shadow lives in Come on, your Softly, Jesus, come on. Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus. Now, now, let him do it now. Let him do it now. I hear that, Lord, yeah. Jesus, Jesus. You make the hope. Hear the Lord saying, break the silence of the lambs. Break the silence. Mental anguish, thoughts that are unhealthy and dysfunctional are trained to shut you up. I hear the Lord saying, if you're going to get healed, open up and break the silence. Break the silence because there's a fortress of plants and trees that started off as seeds that you've allowed to grow in your mind. 
the Lord says today, identify them and pull them down. Watch this before it destroys every relationship in your life. I'm closing my eyes because I feel this from the Lord. I wasn't planning on having an altar call for this, but I want to have two altar calls today. Most importantly, if today, while I'm preaching, you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart, you want to release by faith, it's an act of faith, you want to release some of these hurtful memories that have been seeds that have been grown into plants and trees. But the Lord says, even though they're trees, you still have the power to expose them and pull them down. Or maybe you are one of the millions of people that identify themselves, yourselves with these statistics. And you need to say, I need my mind to be healed, my thoughts, my memories. I want to surrender to the Lord because I have the mind of Christ. I want the mind of Christ. If that's you, without lifting up your hands, if you know that you need to break the silence, you know you need to replace hurt and lies with truth, break the silence by faith, by just simply coming up and saying, Lord, I present myself to you. Here's a starting point. I want you to do that right now. If you're really wanting healing, those of you will come. But if you want a reputation, here, listen, listen, listen. The Lord says, if you want to keep your reputation greater than your healing, you will run and you'll not deal with it. But if you're, but if you're more concerned about your healing of your mental health than your reputation, the Lord says, come as an act of faith. I want to bring in healing in your heart. I want to begin healing in your mind. Come on, release those painful memories. Come, come now, come now, come now, come now, come now. I know you want to run. I know you want to deal with it. I know you, you want everyone to think that you're very spiritual. No, 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 no. Stop. You're never going to get healed. Your, your, your relationships are never going to get healed. You need to start with the trauma in your head, in your mind. Many, some, many of you, you struggle with anxiety and depression. I want you to come. I want you to come. You've been struggling with anxiety, depression, even suicidal thoughts. I want you to come. I want you to release it to the Lord. I want you to release it to the Lord, your healer, your healer. It does not belong in you anymore. I break the power of words over your life. You are not what they did to you. You are not what they said to you. You are not what happened to you. I break the power of words over your life right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. I break the power of words over your life in the name of Jesus. You are not what they said about you. You are not what happened to you. You're not the rape victim. You're not the abuse victim. You are a child of God. You are a woman of God. You're a man of God. Ah, I break the power of the words that's been shaping you into that right now. And I release the healing power of God over your life. I say, mind be renewed. I say that you have a healthy mind. I pray right now, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God touches you. I want my leaders to come and begin to pray. Come on, come forward, come forward to the altar. Get close, get close. Right now, I release you. Right now, from the painful memories. Right now, I release healing. Come on, I release healing. Come on, you make the door. Lift your hands, come on. Come on, Holy Spirit's here. Release your healing now. From hurtful memories, Lord. I give you my hurtful memories, Lord. I give you my pain, Lord. Jesus, 
I'm not what happened to me. I am what you say I am. But today I replace the lies with truth. I replace the lies with truth. healing now healing in your mind healing from trauma healing from the lies that you've accepted right now come on say this with me say I renounce every one of us come on say I renounce these thoughts that have shaped my memory and shaped my actions today it starts with me come on say today I choose to identify the stronghold of trauma of words being spoken over my mind and I let it go today Holy Spirit let it go let it go I want you to look at this everyone before we close those of you who are refusing to deal with hurtful memories you will leave like this and then you wonder why your relationships are still wrong you still wonder why you're cranky all the time or low self-esteem because you never dealt with this unfortunately to some of you all this will be is a good sermon to you but to some that just treat it as a good sermon you're never going to be free there needs to be humility the Lord told me in this in prayer to admit that we have wrong thinking because of our past experiences we have wrong thinking so today the power of God is here right now and healing you and some of you if I could just be bold it's a generational thing some of you your whole family has been a victim of criticism words over overly critical and it's passed down from generation to generation to generation and it breaks today 
It starts with you. Listen, Joshua said, you guys could serve any other God you want. I can't force you. But as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You can't control what happens to the freedom of your neighbor, but you can control the atmosphere in your own home and your own relationships. But it starts with allowing God to heal you and stop thinking condemnation over yourself. Stop thinking that you are less because of what's happened in your mind. You're not a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. So I want to release healing to you. I want to release healing right now. Father, in Jesus' name, today we empty, oh, I hear that phrase, we empty out the filters. Listen, listen. If Paul told the Ephesians about the husbands, you know what he told the husbands? Wash your wife with the water of the word. Wash them. Today I speak to every trauma in your mind. Every thought that has shaped your identity that is not of God. Every lie that you believe. And I say, Lord, right now, I renounce the seeds that have grown into plants. Actually, you know what? Before we leave, say this as a confession with me. Say, Jesus. Come on, everyone. Jesus, today, I identify and uproot the specific seeds in my mind that have grown into plants and trees. But today, I start the process. It's a process. I start the process of tearing down these strongholds, identifying what was spoken over me, what I believed, and replacing it with the truth of your word. I receive that. Come on. Say, I receive that. Say, I am a child of God. I'm not a product of my trauma. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for healing. Listen, look at me. Transformation starts now, but it doesn't end now. It only starts now. So you have the responsibility to go home, watch this, and start changing the whole culture of your house. So if in your house you go back to negative speaking, say, no, we're not doing that anymore here. Or, or if you find yourself condemning yourself, you just talk, no, no, I'm not going to think that way, devil, no more. I, I am what I think. So if I think thoughts about me, that are right, true, holy, and honorable, and worthy of praise, I become those things. Can I hear an amen? Father, I release the blessing over RCC as they go and have fun today. Lord God, in the fall festival, I pray that there will be community today. I release them with the blessing of the Lord in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, everyone said, God bless you. Come on, give the Lord a big shout of praise. Jess, come here, I want to pray for you. Hey, give, give somebody a hug before you leave. Come on, hug about five or six people. If we can have some worship back there, media team, that'd be great.